0: Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu/podcast. This episode is brought to you by Take Line Sports Culture. Takes Take Line has it all. Take Line is a weekly podcast hosted by Emmy winner Jason Concepcion and former WNBA champ Renee Montgomery. That's a fast-paced exploration of the NBA and the world of sports and culture. Each week, Jason and Renee talk about the games, players, controversies, and issues that run both on and off the court. Follow now to hear take line every Tuesday wherever you get your podcasts. <coughs> this episode is also brought to you by the Locker Room app, guys. It is an exciting brand new app that I just I am very privileged to be a part of. I have a live show on it, Club Thirty Four Seven Bears Talk Underground presents. Club thirty four seven every Wednesday night at seven PM Central, eight o'clock Eastern, and the app itself, Locker Room, is a live audio only sports talk platform, free to download and use. Uh, you can talk to me, other fans, athletes, insiders in real time. It's perfect for watch parties, debates, post game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news, uh, and so so much more. You know, and, and the live uh, the, the 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 app is there so you can start or join ongoing conversations watch games together react to the biggest news rumors and games guys this is something i plan on using uh during the season you know, to to maybe do some watch parties. Maybe we'll try it out during the during the preseason. Uh, have some watch alongs. Have some, you guys come in and talk to me uh, while we're watching the games and all that kind of stuff. We can talk with other fans, insiders. Uh, you know, join in on the conversation with me. All you need to do to get on the get in on the fun is download the locker room app free in the iOS app store. Create a profile, link your Twitter, and join in uh, on the fun. Uh, you know, follow me, and you can be notified when my room goes live, and it will be going live every Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Central, 8 o'clock Eastern. It's the Locker Room app. It's Club 34-7 on the Locker Room app every Wednesday at 8. Be sure and and join in on the fun. You don't want to miss it. This is a Locker Room production. Okay. Um, Yeah, so... What's going on, everybody? Thanks for uh, for dropping in. Um, yes, but, or Eli, sorry, you can request to speak. Ashton. Okay, we got two. What's going on, guys?
1: Yeah, not much. Just, uh, just listened to your previous episode about the draft. Yeah. Was, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm almost done with it. I mean, yeah, I completely agree with everything you said in there. Um but yeah, I do think he will be starting uh, by the end of the season because I honestly don't think Andy Dalton will lead this anywhere. That's just my opinion.
0: In my opinion, I, I don't know. Um, I watched Justin Fields. Are you talking about Justin Fields, Eli? Yeah. For sure.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so, I feel like he can start about week 10, in my opinion. I don't – it depends on what Andy Dalton does and how that – offense is doing. Well I I agree with you guys. Uh and I, I think that you know it's um it would be to our to our benefits and to Justin Fields benefit I believe to sit and learn for that. as long as is humanly possible. But the the situation is a lot different you know the, with 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 Justin Fields than it was for Mitch for a lot of reasons. Number one we actually have some talent around him this time. Back in 2017, I was pounding the table for the Bears not to draft a quarterback, not Watson, not Mahomes, not anybody, because Jordan Howard was the entirety of our offense. He was it. We didn't have anybody for him to throw the football to. We'd have tight ends, wide receivers, and Ryan Pace did not exactly go out and break the bank for John Fox in that offseason leading up to the draft. It's like, Drafting a quarterback was going to be a monumental mistake, I thought. This time we have Allen Robinson, we got Cole Komet. we got Tariq Cohen coming back, we got Montgomery in the backfield, we got Darnell Mooney, Darnell Mooney, yeah. Godwin or Goodwin. You know we've got plenty of people for him to throw the football to, and he's also surrounded by years and years of NFL experience as far as the quarterback room. With, with Dalton and Foles and all of their extensive experience, not to mention DeFilippo, uh the quarterback or the coach from Texas is a quarterback guy, Herman, uh, you know, Bill Lazor, Matt Nagy. These are all quarterback guys. So he's got this wealth of knowledge and he's actually got talent and weapons. And he's also about three times more experienced in the college game than Mitch was playing, you know in other games. National difference. stage, yeah. national TV, the whole nine yards. He has everything Mitch didn't when he came I, in 2017. Well, this leads me to my next question. Like you're talking about Justin Fields, how do you think he'll do? Like once he gets that starting role. Well, I think Fields is a stud. I I I thought he was my he was my favorite quarterback in the in the in the class, right. and I and I know that I'm biased because, I, you know, we live in Big Ten countries, so I've seen Justin Fields play. Quite a bit, you know, and obviously we see we see Trevor Lawrence play a lot, you know, all the time because of the, uh, you know, Clemson being on the national stage uh, and everything. But aside from Lawrence, is like you know Fields was always the guy, and aside from you know if you're not if you didn't belong to Jacksonville or you know, then Lawrence was a was a fantasy for anybody else, and Justin Fields seemed like seemed like he was unattainable, like he was a fantasy for us because. We're picking at 20, and he was definitely a top-five talent, uh, yeah. in my opinion. But the dominoes fell the way they did, and Justin Fields makes it to 11. The Bears were able to make the trade and go up and, and get him. So, you know, even though I was kind of adamant against the Bears doing that, uh, it's because I was terrified as to what the price would be. When the trade went through and I found out what, what it was going to cost us, it seemed like a very reasonable deal, in my opinion. So, and then we went and got Tevin Jenkins in the second round. So I got to have my cake and eat it too. You know, we got the what I, who I consider to be the best quarterback, not named Trevor Lawrence, and the offensive tackle that I wanted the Bears to draft if we'd stayed at twenty. So, yeah, I'm uh, I'm very excited about how we did.
1: Well, with uh, another thing that's different with Fields than with Mitch, but I feel like the expectation around the league is much lower. Mitch was taken second overall. There's a big difference, even if it's only nine picks. Like if you're talking nine picks in the sixth round, it doesn't matter. But like nine picks, like going from two to 11 is a big jump. If you're – you have a lot higher expectations if you're going from the second overall pick than if you are from the ninth overall pick or from the 11th overall pick. So I definitely think that's a very key difference for him. There's not
0: as much pressure. He doesn't have the weight in the world on his shoulders. Well, I mean I, I agree and I don't at the same time because the opinion of Justin Fields versus Mitch is much higher. Like Justin Fields at the beginning go back to the beginning of the offseason when you were looking at mock drafts at the end of, of the season, whether it be then the end of the regular season or the playoffs, the number two pick in the draft was Justin Fields going to the Jets after That's Lawrence true. after Trevor Lawrence went to uh, you know, Jacksonville. And then as the offseason started to roll around, maybe some concerns about the, the epilepsy thing that Justin Fields has, uh, along with other people looking at different needs, San Francisco making the trade, and them always kind of looking at uh, Trey Lance and things like that, he started to tumble down the board uh, a, a little bit. And, you know, I just think talent-wise, he's, you know, he's a more complete player than Mitch. The guy runs a 4 four forty, 40 and, you know, he's also – He's basically been training for this his whole life. Justin Fields came on my radar a few years ago uh, because he was one of the subjects of a Netflix documentary called QB1. And um, it was him. And, and uh, you know, it showed that 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 camp that everybody's been talking about where he was going up against Trevor Lawrence. And he's like, I'm here to win. I didn't come here to make friends and uh, and all that kind of stuff. It took him through a senior season, you know, where he's nationally ranked and being recruited by everybody under the sun. Uh, kind of thing, and then he transfers to Ohio State before the 2019 season, and I've been seeing him play quite a bit uh, since then, and in two years in in uh, in Ohio State, he made it to a nationally, national semifinal where they probably should have beaten Clemson in that game and to follow up the next year by actually beating Clemson, actually beating the doors off of Clemson only to run in one of the best college football teams of all time in the national championship game, so He's been on the biggest stage. He's faced a lot of things Mitch never saw coming into the into the league, you know. And I, I feel he's better prepared, which is why the the wait, you know, as, as impatient as as I think we as Bear fans would like to be, to make sure he's being played at the right time, we might not be able to keep him off of the field, whereas opposed to, you know, Mike Glennon just being an absolute nightmare uh, of, a, of a of a starting quarterback to try to groom Mitch with. We had to throw Mitch out there because it just couldn't get any worse than it was. So, you know, it was uh, it was an ugly situation that Mitch walked into. You know, being drafted by by you know by the Fox and and, and you know with with Loggins Loggins as his offensive coordinator. God, that guy was a disaster. You know, and it just like like I said, no offensive weapons, nobody to throw to. Jordan Howard was the extent of the offense that we had, you know, we drafted Tariq Cohen that year and he was a pleasant surprise that came along, you know, as the season progressed, but you know, it was like Mitch wasn't set up to succeed right away. Um, you know, it's like it, that's that wasn't how it was and Fields is in a much better spot than uh Mitch was for sure. So, I um I don't know. Like I have very mixed feelings. I'm I'm very excited that we have Justin Fields. I would like to see him play as soon as possible, but I would also Like to uh, to you know be patient with it and see what Andy Dalton can do and and see if we can do what Kansas City did and let the kids sit and learn for you know a good chunk of the season and because once the once he gets the job and I said this in the podcast today once he gets the job it's It's his his to keep there is there is no giving it back so I think that's why we want to be smart and you know smart slash patient with when we put him out there. Because once he gets the job, that's it. He's not giving it back to anyone else. Also, when,
1: when you were saying how you like the price that we spent for him, I have a friend who's a Giants fan, and he said that he's very happy with that pick because they didn't need a quarterback. They have Daniel Jones, who right. he's, he's got potential. And, um, yeah, that's it's, it's a good trade for both teams. That's a trade you like to see in the NFL.
0: Yeah, and it's and it's amazing. It's like I mentioned just a minute ago, but you know the dominoes that had to fall in order for uh, Fields to be available to us. Number one, the Jets had to take Zach Wilson, and they did. Then the 49ers had to take, uh, you know, Lance or Trey Lance, and uh, they did. The then uh, Atlanta had to pass, and, and you know the, they had to believe in Matt Ryan to uh you know to take a weapon for him as opposed to the heir apparent, so once we cleared the Atlanta hurdle, then five was Cincinnati. they got Joe burrow, they're not taking a quarterback, so we're good there. then six was miami they're believing in Tua at the moment they're not taking a quarterback. then seven was um who was seven? I'm trying to think seven was um Oh, oh wait, I think it was um, – it was, was it-, it was Detroit. It was Detroit, and they, they took the offensive tackle. So there was some, some inkling that they might take a quarterback, but they didn't. And then the re- first real danger zones were eight and nine. Carolina and Denver, who have been rumored all offseason to be looking at a quarterback. They both take corners for some reason. They both take corners. Carolina's riding with Sam Darnold, and I don't know what the hell Denver's doing if they're going with Bridgewater or Andrew or Drew Locker, or whatever. <clears throat> and then the Cowboys trade to Philly and Philly doesn't take a quarterback. So it's like all of these teams had to clear. And then the Giants, like you said, don't need a quarterback. They have Daniel Jones. So that they make the trade uh, with the Bears. It only costs us a one and a four next year and a five this year, which is, you know, extremely reasonable because it, for me, all along, it wasn't so much about being against the Bears, taking a quarterback or trading up to get one. It was always about the price. If we're going to have to mortgage our future to get one guy, I was against that completely. But with the deal that Ryan Pace was able to make, that sounds like a fantastic deal for me. I I, I can live with not having a one and a four next year to get Justin Fields. That's an absolutely acceptable trade uh, for me. So I, I was more than happy. I mean, I was terrified when I saw the 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 graphic scrolled board that said the, the Giants made a trade with the Bears. I was absolutely crapping my pants, man. I was like, oh, God. Oh, God, he did it. I can't believe this. He did it. He did it. Oh, God. What's it going to cost us? We got Justin Fields. Okay, great. Awesome. We got Justin Fields. That's awesome. What did it cost? What did it cost? A uh, five this year, a one next year, and a four next year. <sighs> Is that it? That's all. It call- oh, okay. All right. We didn't have to give away the store in order to make the trade. I'm on board. I'm thrilled. I'm beyond thrilled now. And then I was absolutely tickled pink the next day when we got Tevin Jenkins. But you know, I just, I was, I was, I was thrilled. It was like all along I was terrified that the desperateness of our situation with Pace and and Nagy being on, you know, a winner, you're done type of uh, understanding uh, right now that it would just be, you know, every team would try to fleece us in order to uh, allow us to, to make this trade. And if I actually um, um, heard or saw a video where it was actually about the, the Broncos making their pick and the, Bron- the general manager for the Broncos is on the phone and you hear him say, Ryan, it's going to cost you a one, a two, and a three, and I think a one next year. That's what he wanted from Ryan Pace to move up to nine. So when, obviously, Ryan Pace, Brian Pace God bless him, declined that trade, he decided to go ahead and take, um, they took Sertan. So they took uh, the cornerback, Patrick Sertan II, and, you know, Pace makes a deal at 11 to uh, to get the quarterback. So... You know, but that's that's the kind of price I was afraid they were going to make Ryan Pace pay in order to get the to get up in, into the teams or into the, you know, the into the top 10 or whatever to be able to make that trade. That's the that was the fear that I had is what that guy wanted from us was our day one and all of our day one and day two picks and a first rounder next year. You know, like that, that would have been too much I would have been upset about that trade. But instead, Pace makes a deal with the Giants. The Giants uh, give us a reasonable deal, and we got the guy that we wanted, that we didn't think we'd be able to get, and we have him. Because the other thing about the euphoria of getting Justin Fields, I think, has just as much to do with the fact that we never thought we'd be able to get him, and we got him. It was like we He was a top-quality player. He shouldn't have been there at 11, and we got him. Not somebody else, but us. So... And then I'm also loving the stories of uh, the rollout of uh, hearing that the Vikings were going to take him at 14 if he had fallen and the Bears jumped in front of them and stolen. So instead of having Justin Fields kick our ass two times a year, we get to use him to kick theirs twice a year. So, you know, and then, of course, who as a Bear fan isn't loving the Aaron Rodgers drama going on right now? Just the mere possibility that Rodgers could be done in Green Bay is enough to help me sleep just peacefully at night knowing that that guy's not going to be our problem anymore if he sticks to his guns. So who knows? Maybe he'll go to the Vikings or something. Yeah, that that would never I mean, he's he's under contract for 3 more years. They're not going to make a trade with an in, in division rival. That's not going to happen. I mean, I don't think they're going to let him go anywhere in the NFC. So it's like places like Denver yeah where he, you know, he can go to, like, the Fangio or maybe even to Las Vegas with the Raiders and everything. So, I was like, I think that's a far greater possibility so that he's not, you know, in their face, keeping them out of the Super Bowl every year as opposed to, uh, you know... Yeah, that thing with Favre is he went to the Jets first, then he went to Minnesota and terrorized the Packers for a couple of years. Uh, the, the Packers didn't trade him uh, to Minnesota. So, but... um yeah, so we'll we'll uh, we'll see how that all uh, unfolds. It's 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 fun watching Packer fans squirm from the smug bastards that they usually are to the fact that Jordan Love might actually be their quarterback in twenty twenty one because their their you know their superstar their you know their Christ reborn is is gonna walk away because he hates the general manager. So that sounds like fun. To me, to, for, to level the playing field without him uh, in the division anymore, I'll take that for sure.
1: I mean, so.
0: oh, yeah, a lot of like NFL like reporters
1: and stuff, they're saying that best thing for Green Bay to do right now is trade him and get as much as you can get because if he's not going to play, you're trading a coming off a former reigning MVP, then yep. teams are going to pay a lot. doesn't matter the drama or anything. Teams are yeah. going to pay a lot, so they should if they just trade him now and just try getting all they could for him,
0: be great for the NFC. It'd be great for us, honestly. Yeah, a... well, for sure, uh, especially since we might have the next Aaron Rodgers in our locker room now. You know, the guy that's going to rule the division for the next ten to twelve years. Um, you know, I, I would love to have that problem where we're trying to figure out how to fill out a roster because we have to pay him forty million dollars a season. I would love to have that problem, you know, we've got, we've got to kill the quarter real team guess, problems. You know. Yeah, absolutely. First world team problems, basically, yeah. you know, we're, we're a third world team right now, trying to work our way up to the first world, you know, and uh, well, maybe second world because of our defense, but you know, I'd rather have those problems where we're trying to figure out how we're going to fill out a, a roster and get everybody under the salary cap or keep a team together because we got to pay Justin Fields, 45 million a season. In his second contract, so uh, you know that'd be a nice problem to have, as opposed to Mitch, you know, making the making the rookie wage scale because he never he didn't get his fifth year option picked up, and now he's playing for like the veteran minimum in Buffalo. So, you know, I I, uh, I look forward to having a problem like that with uh, with Justin Fields and, and trying to keep a team together after you know paying him forty plus million a season. So, I think what Elon in the comments Elon just now he takes he put down that
1: it could be the Russell Wilson situation where it solves itself. I think by that he means a clean swap Wilson for Rodgers. What do you think of that?
0: That would be interesting. You know, I mean that would certainly still have Green Bay with the best quarterback in the division <laughs> for now. Um, you know, if 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 the Bears were going to trade for a veteran Uh, In the offseason, Russell Wilson was the guy I wanted because Russell Wilson, to me, was an elevate the er elevate everybody around you kind of guy. As good as Deshaun Watson is, I don't believe he is that guy because he was the guy that came in with a plethora of receivers around him. DeAndre Hopkins, Will Fuller, you know, just a bunch of weapons uh, for him to throw the football to. I mean, he had to make he had to make throws uh, and everything, but he had some of the NFL's best pass catchers catching them. With Russell Wilson, he's the guy that's turning, you know, Tyler Lockett into a $10 million a year uh, wide receiver and everything. He's the one that with his accuracy could, you know, could hit, hit, hit a target where it needs to be. Like I, for me, like watching Russell Wilson throw the football, like I can imagine a wide receiver could run down the sideline, blindfolded with his hands out and Russell Wilson could put the ball exactly into the guy's I mean, that's that's the kind of accuracy that Russell Wilson has. That's why just the just thinking about what he could be able to do with a guy like Darnell Mooney uh, with the deep ball and, and everything. It's like just He would be the guy trading away, you know, the assets or mortgaging the next couple of years to get Russell Wilson for me, strangely enough, you know, or hypocritically for me would have been worth it. He would have been the one guy that I would have been happy about making a deal like that for. But, you know, all those rumors about Stafford and Deshaun Watson and, and all the other thousand quarterbacks the Bears have been attached to in this offseason, I didn't think any of them were, were, were worthy enough uh, of, of that kind of uh, deal. So, um, But trading Wilson for Rodgers would, would be a pretty even swap. I mean, at the beginning of the season, Russell Wilson was the NFL MVP. Nobody was playing better than him for the first, you know, 7 8 weeks of the NFL season and Rodgers was just consistently, you know, when the Seahawks began to struggle, his productivity went down a little bit. And um, you know, the uh then, you know, Rodgers came along and and just kind of kept plugging along with uh with with Green Bay and everything became the MVP, but you know, if that would be interesting, but again, with that being an NFC to NFC trade, what makes that especially um impossible in my opinion is that we play the (laughs) nfc west this year which means they would have to play against Rodgers in 2021 so i think for that reason alone they wouldn't make that trade i think for that reason alone they wouldn't make that trade i don't even know where that game is at actually i don't know if it's in seattle or green bay it's like knowing green bay's lucky it'd be in green bay and Rodgers would come back and lead the seahawks to a victory over green bay and uh and all that kind of stuff, but um, you know, I, that that trade to me makes sense. It's comparable in, in salary, and it's comparable in, you know, the level of uh, talent in, in the players that you're getting, but uh, I don't think that's going to happen. I think Russell Wilson is off of the, I want out of Seattle uh, train uh, right now, so I don't know if he was just, you know, trying to shake things up to let, it, let the, the front office know in his own subtle way that he wants things to change, or whatever but he seems to be uh content to be in seattle now as opposed to what he was when when the when the when that uh when that cage was being rattled earlier in the off uh in the off season so this episode of the bears talk underground is brought to you by bet online this week has tons of sports action as the MLB, NBA, NHL are in full swing. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC, MMA action. Before the next pitch is thrown, head on over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device. And check out all the great sports news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get in on the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. <laughs> the Bear Stark Underground is also brought to you by Kansas City Stakes. You work hard and play hard, so treat yourself and stock up for the summer barbecues with Kansas City Steak Company. Visit KansasCitySteaks.com and get 10% off your order and free shipping with the code SD at checkout. From classic steak cuts to USDA Prime to American-style Kobe, hard-to-find specialty cuts, and more, Kansas City Steaks has everything you need to fire up the grill. They make it so easy. Each order from Kansas City Steaks is flash-frozen and delivered directly to your home. Satisfaction guaranteed or your money back. Imagine relaxing in the backyard with family while enjoying steakhouse-quality meals from Kansas City Steaks. Try their Butter Tender Filet Mignon. That does sound good. Kansas City Strips, Juicy Steak Burgers, All Beef Jumbo Hot Dogs, and even Complete Meal Combos. Bring the steakhouse to your house this summer with Kansas City Steaks. Go to KansasCitySteaks.com and get 10% off your order and free shipping with the code SD at checkout. That's KansasCitySteaks.com, code SD, KansasCitySteaks.com. Yeah.
1: Um, real quick, one more thing. Uh, so you're just going back to the number that Justin Fields was drafted at. Um, uh, like you said, yeah, uh, like you said in your episode that you put on, um, he's going to play with a chip on his shoulder because all these other quarterbacks were drafted before him. I think Mitch was drafted the first quarterback in the draft. So he's like, he was, yeah. Yeah. So he said, oh, well, okay. I got drafted, uh, got drafted as the first quarterback. So uh, whatever. He didn't. Ex- he he wasn't like mad at a specific team for passing up on him or any teams. Justin Fields, on the other hand, as you said, he looked mad the whole time. He's like, no other team, no teams are drafting me. So, yeah, especially the teams that he, they that the uh, that passed up on him. He's gonna he's gonna have them. Uh, he's gonna have their targets. He's gonna be ready and ready to pounce because he's not. He he shouldn't be happy with them. They dropped yeah. him down to eleventh overall. He should have been picked like
0: second or third or something right yeah i mean there was thought at the beginning when the 49ers made their trade that they were coming up to get him you know it seemed like the jets were kind of locked in on uh on zach wilson at two so that means the draft started at number three because we all know that lawrence is going number one to jacksonville and it seems like the jets are married to to zach wilson so you know who are the 49ers coming up to get and they kept it a secret until the moment they made the 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 pick i mean even from trey lance the guy they ended up picking he didn't know until like 30 seconds before they called his name that trey lance was the guy so i mean they kept that a secret from literally everyone including the player so you know and then justin wilson like i said atlanta didn't go with the quarterback they're sticking with matt ryan and uh you know cincinnati didn't need him miami doesn't need him um detroit could have but instead they decided, you know They're going to go with Goff. I mean, they they made the trade there, so why not? And, you know, it's like I said, Carolina and Denver at 8-9 and were the real danger spots for them to take the quarterback. Neither of them did. They both went with corners. And then it was – Dallas wasn't going to take them. They just gave Prescott $40 million a season, so that wasn't going to be a danger spot. But Philadelphia trading into that spot at 10 made me a little bit nervous because even though they got Jalen Hurts, they just got rid of Carson Wentz, so maybe – They'd be in line to take another quarterback. Instead, they go with uh, with Devontae uh, Smith, and uh, you know they go ahead and and uh, leave the Bears open to be able to try to make a trade with the Giants, who didn't need a quarterback at eleven and then uh, get their guy. So I mean, it, it was it really worked out. The hurdles that had to be cleared for that to open it up, it, it feels like destiny. You know, it feels like this was the guy that we were meant to get. All the things that needed to happen in order for uh, fields to be available for us, did, in fact, happen. So it wasn't like uh, back in 2014. I mean, I still wake up screaming when I think about the Bears at, uh, at number 14. They're picking 14th overall in 2014. And my favorite guy going into the draft was Aaron Donald. And he makes it all the way to pick number 13. And the rumor was if, if – and it's ironic – If he makes it past the Giants at like 11 or 12, then he will fall to the Bears at 14 and we can grab him up. And instead, the Rams, who were sitting there at 13, didn't have to trade up. 13 was their spot. They have taken a a defensive lineman in the first round like four years in a row. They take Aaron Donald for some reason. We don't get him. And we made out okay with Kyle Fuller uh, and all, but we could have had Aaron Donald. And that one still stings to this day. That you we don't have Aaron Donald, Aaron Donald because the goddamn Rams took another one. It was like their fifth. They had like five number one picks on their defensive line there when after they drafted uh, Donald. You know, and it's just like, why did they take him? They don't need him. They got four number one picks on that line already. Why did they take Donald? That one still bugs me. That didn't happen to us this time. It wasn't that the Eagles jumped ahead of us. You know, where we could have been at eleven and took him when they already have Jalen Hurts in the in the you know in the roster and everything. Everything that needed to happen for us to be able to get him, it did happen. And he's our guy. You know, it just felt like it was meant to be, which is why I think a lot of Bear fans feel especially good about this pick.
1: So Elon, yeah. did you have something? No. Thanks, I gotta I gotta Okay. I
0: gotta go. Take care, Eli. Oh, so, anyway, I've mentioned this a couple of times. Our second-round pick, Tevin Jenkins, he's the guy that uh, if the Bears had stuck at 20, that's who I wanted us to take. I, I wanted an offensive tackle. I was more of uh, in the team-building mode as opposed to the trade-away-the-store to get our franchise quarterback mode. I was heavily uh, against that because, as I said before, just terrified is what the asking price is would be in that Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy were desperate enough to pay that price uh, to try to save their own jobs so they could be here in 2022 to develop the guy. But, um, you know, Tevin Jenkins was, was the guy that I wanted uh, at 20, if we have stood Pat and instead uh, he makes it out of the first round somehow, which I was absolutely stunned by. And uh, then, you know, we're sitting at 52 in the second round, the first few picks come off the board uh, in the second round I'm sitting there on Friday's like could this guy fall to us at 52 and then all of a sudden I see the Bears logo pop up there they've made the trade with Carolina we're going to be picking at 39 and guess who we took Tevin Jenkins like good lord I get to have my cake and eat it too we got the quarterback I got my favorite quarterback and the guy that I wanted if we had stayed at 20 this this is like you know this is christmas in april or yeah it was still april April 30th was Friday. So, yeah, this is Christmas in April for me. I can't believe this is happening. You know, probably my two favorite players in the draft, they're, they're ours. They're going to be ours. And i um, very excited about it. The only thing I did not like was giving up the third-round pick in order to get Jenkins. Not a fan of giving up the third-rounder. But to move up 13 spots from 52 to 39, yeah, that's going to cost you. And I can live with that. And what I can especially live with is that all of the picks in the Tevin Jenkins trade were um, 2021 picks. So he didn't give away future assets to move up to get Jenkins. It was just damage we had to sustain or losses we had to deal with here in 2021. So uh, and not like the Justin Fields trade where he gave up two picks in next year's draft to, to get him. Every, every, every pick exchanged in the Tevin Jenkins trade was for a 2021 pick. So we're, we're already past what we paid for Tevin Jenkins. So, And um, then day three comes along, and uh, we, we go tackle again. Larry Baram, a tackle out of Missouri. Um, what I like about Jenkins and Baram is probably more the attitude that they're bringing, because I know there's a big discrepancy. 39 to 151, that's 100 and what, 112 picks between Jenkins and, and Barron because we didn't have a third rounder or a fourth rounder uh, this year. So we had to tr- all the way to one fifty one to get our next pick, but it's just, these guys have a very big problem with people who wear different uniforms uh, than them. So, or at least that's what they're saying. You know, these are guys that are, are going to be maulers and they're, they're going to be out there punishing people and, you know, we're the Bears. Goddamn it, we want to be the nastiest and meanest team out there, and it's time like we—it's time we played like it. You know, not since we've had a guy like uh, since you know the early days of Kyle Long or in the the heyday of, of Olin Crouse and those guys uh, have we had like you know nasty guys uh, on the line of scrimmage. So it's like it's—it's it's nice to at least have that attitude. Maybe they can bring that in so that we can be that you know team that runs at will but also has the skill with our quarterback and the receivers and everything to uh, light up the scoreboard, you know, and to be an explosive uh, offense. We want to be able to do everything, which is what makes Kansas City special. They can run the ball just as well as they throw it, uh, which says a lot because they can throw the ball pretty damn well. So, Uh, And then the running back, Khalil Herbert, I've heard good things about him and kind of a change of pace back that he can be. Daz Newsome, I think, is going to be more of a punt returner out of the gate. Then somebody that can contribute on offense. We finally got a corner in the sixth round with Thomas Graham Jr., and then uh, the seventh round pick is it is it Kyrus? I've, I haven't yet to hear anyone pronounce this guy's first name. Kyrus Tonga. I think I know Tonga is the last name, but Kyrus the first name. A nose tackle out of BYU. He's a space eater, three hundred twenty-five pounds. You know, be a good backup for uh for Eddie Goldman. So. You know, and uh, everybody seems to think we had a great draft. The, um, the, the experts and, and, and what have you, um, high draft grades for the Bears. So, like, I don't know. Uh, I mean, it feels good to, to see that. And, and kudos to Ryan Pace uh, for getting the job done and uh, for doing well. And, you know, with this being such an important draft for him. You know, this was his last chance and and he's got an opportunity. He's already added another wide receiver in free agency uh, since the draft ended. But this was really like his last chance to add to the roster before OTAs and uh, all that stuff uh, begin. So, um, you know, I think he did a phenomenal job. The, The Justin Fields trade alone made the draft. You know, being able to to move up and get the quarterback, uh, the second best quarterback, in a lot of people's opinion, not just mine, but experts and, and, and everybody. I mean, there was a reporter for the NFL Network who said that she polled half the league, so 16 teams, and at least half of them had fields as QB1 in the draft. So at least a quarter of the NFL believes that Justin Fields is the best quarterback in the draft, period, and we got him. So that's, that's amazing. And, uh, you know, I'm very excited to see what this kid's uh, going to do. There's just something about his demeanor, his presence. It just – everything is different, you know, than it was with Mitch, was a, a great kid, a happy-go-lucky uh, kind of guy. Seemed like a decent enough leader. I don't think leadership was a problem for him or getting his, his teammates to play with him or play for him. I don't think that was an issue for Mitch, but it was everything else: reading defenses, making moves on the fly, uh, that kind of thing. Especially after, for one reason or another, he stopped running. When when Mitch stopped running, it's almost like he he lost his mojo. And I know he got himself hurt; he got banged up, you know, a couple of times uh, running and everything. But um, you know, it just seemed like the the magic that he that he was able to produce in 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 flashes in 2017 and early on in 2018. I mean, think about that Patriots game where he almost single handedly won the game just by running the football uh, for us. Um, it's like he got hurt in that Rams game and he's never really quite been the same since then. And then early on in 2019, he got hurt again. Uh, you know, I think it was his other shoulder this time uh, against the Vikings in week four. And, you know, it's just like he, he never quite ran the same after that or with the same um, – he didn't come to that decision as quickly. It wasn't instinctual like it was before. He, he always seemed to be thinking out there, which as a football player, no matter what position you're playing, the last thing you want to be doing after the ball has been snapped is thinking. You just want to be out there reading and reacting. That's what all the, the film study is for. That's what – for the practice reps, that's what all that stuff is for so that when you get onto the field it's read and react. There is no time to think on a football field. If you're thinking, you're losing. Period. And I think that's what was hurting Mitch the most, especially in 2019 and again uh in 2020 was that he wasn't reading and reacting. He was thinking. He wasn't, you know, taking what the defense was giving him, he wasn't seeing what was out there. He wasn't he was thinking out there. And that's that's what's going to hurt you and I, and i think that uh you know fields is um extremely intelligent like i i i read that he could have gone to harvard or he was accepted to harvard on his academics and you know don't know if you know that's not an easy thing to do so this is a smart guy who was also heavily recruited by northwestern is basically the ivy league school uh of the big 10 it's just unfortunately northwestern is northwestern and they have a good season every now and then. But, uh, you know, who wants to be on the team that goes five and six one year and then maybe seven and four the year after that uh, kind of thing? He went to Ohio State, which is, the you know, the best program in the Big Ten by a mile and uh, played for a national championship, played in the playoffs both seasons that he was there. So, yeah, it's just it's a very different thing, a very different animal we're facing with Justin Fields and it, it kind of feels like this time we finally got it right. We got the right guy with the right experience. Um, And uh, you know, he's, he's his football IQ is off the charts Um, from everything that I've heard, you know, somebody that uh, his teammates in Ohio state love playing for uh, and things like that. It's like everything for Justin Fields is coming up aces across the board. So you know, no player is perfect. He has his flaws. From time to time, he had some, you know, some some down games and and whatnot. But uh, you know, in the end, they won those games. Everyone wants to talk about how he struggled in the Big Ten Championship. Well, they won that game. That you know, it may, it may not be because of Justin Fields, but they won that game. He he, you know, he did enough in order for his team uh, to win. Uh, The the only two games that he lost in his time at Ohio State were both uh, playoff games. That national semifinal against Clemson in 2019, which they would have won if the receiver hadn't dropped the ball. Justin Fields made the throw. It bounced off the kid's chest and and ended up getting picked off uh, in the end zone. Like, if he catches that ball, Ohio State wins that game. And then last year, Makes it to the national championship game, beats Clemson in the in the in the uh, national semifinal this time, and makes it to the title game, and only to uh, run into what's probably the best college football team uh, of all time in the national championship game. I mean, they hung with Alabama early, but in the end, they were just too much. So uh, their defense could not handle uh, Devonte Smith, who had like 240 yards receiving in the in the first half. For Christ's sake, so yeah, but. um you know, otherwise he was undefeated in the regular season. And uh, this is also a guy, and you got to remember, you know, Big Ten was not supposed to play in the fall. They were not supposed. They were going to play spring ball uh, like a lot of conferences were. And then slowly but surely, when they saw the SEC get off to a good start, they all started saying, oh, we're going to start, we're going to play early, we're going to play, we're going to play. Justin Fields led the charge, led the petition for the Big Ten to play in the fall. He didn't want to play in the spring. He wanted to play in the fall and led the, uh, led the charge and, uh, you know, started a petition that got like over 300,000 signatures. And the next thing, you know, the big tens playing like a six or a seven game schedule, just enough for them to, for someone, quote unquote, someone to qualify for the, uh, for the college football playoff at the end of the, uh, at the end of the season. So, you know, this guy is a leader and, uh, and I, I really, uh, really am looking forward to, to what he's going to be able to do uh, in a bear uniform. So anyway, guys, I uh, I think that's uh, what would you say there. You know, pre-snap read. And I don't know. Uh, we'll see. Because, um, you know, like I said, he had his struggles against the uh, whoop, what happened? Oh, there we go. Thought I lost the room for a second. <laughs> Um, he had some, like I said, he had that struggle, those struggles against, uh, Northwestern. They seemed to have a beat on him, uh, in that game. He threw some early interceptions, uh, and everything, but he was able to recover, uh, from that and pre snaps read that's those are, you can, you can fix that. You know, that's, that's coachable. These, these are problems that can be, uh, fixed and, and, and all the film that I've seen, you know, uh, analysts and whatnot doing their, jobs like once the ball is snapped he's making the right reads he's making the right throws finding the you know going through the progression naturally finding the open receiver if the first guy's not there the second one will be uh and putting the ball where it needs to be uh kind of thing i mean you think about mitch even in the times when he did make the right read he always was off target with his throw. how many times did he miss a wide open Taylor Gabriel or Anthony Miller or overthrow Allen Robinson or, you know, put one in a spot where it wasn't catchable or actually put it in the spot where there were no yards after the catch because he didn't put the ball where it needed to be. That was an issue for Mitch. How many big plays, first downs, touchdowns did we miss because Mitch could not put the ball where it was supposed to be once he found the right guy? And, uh, you know, that doesn't seem to be an issue for Justin Fields accuracy is one of his strong points making the reads post snap during the play is a strong point of his so and i think pre-snap read like i said earlier on in in the show was you know with all the experience that he's going to be surrounded by all the experience that mitch did not have uh when he was when he first joined the bears de filippo's the quarterback coach bill Lazer, matt Nagy was you know helped groom uh patrick mahomes tom herman was a quarterback guy from the University of Texas. Where, you know uh, Henry Burris, who was uh, you know didn't do much in the NFL, but was a a Canadian football legend. Trying to get a coaching career started. Years, eighteen years as a professional quarterback. He's a quality control coach. He's in there. Not to mention Andy Dalton and Nick Foles. Nick Foles, Super Bowl MVP. Andy Dalton's you know three time Pro Bowler. Been to the playoffs a bunch of times with the Bengals. There's a lot of You know, a lot of people surrounding uh, Andy, or excuse me, Justin Fields, that will help him be able to get over. uh, If pre snaps read are an issue, he's got a lot more help uh, than Mitch had to uh, to uh, improve upon that. So, um, anyway, guys, I I think I'm going to go ahead and and, uh, wrap it up. Thanks to uh, Billy, Evan, Eli, Elon. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Island, Elon. Um, for uh, coming in tonight and uh, if you missed any part of the show I'm going to be posting it uh, it'll be up uh, where I get where the podcasts are Bearstalk Underground you can find it on Apple on Android, Spotify wherever it is it'll be all available tomorrow so uh, thanks uh, for, for coming in guys and, and next week next week is going to be a fun show because my time slot Wednesday at 7 is when the NFL schedule is being released so we'll be doing kind of a live NFL schedule release episode uh, next week. So be sure and, and uh, come in uh, for that, and uh, you know we'll have a good time and, and talk about uh, what the season's going to look like. You know, because like everybody's talking about, uh, you know, you know where where in the season you see Justin Fields maybe taking over at quarterback. Let's find out where that bye week is, because maybe that could be the natural spot uh, for Justin Fields to take over the. Uh, starting spot in uh, at quarterback uh, for the Bears. We'll look at the road the games before the bye week you know can he take over is it, is it like a week 8 or week 9 like right in the middle of the season uh, kind of thing. What's What are the games like? What, what could our record be going into the bye week and such? We're going to have a lot of fun with the what ifs and all that kind of stuff and we get to see uh, where these games are when they're taking place. How many national TV games could Justin Fields be a part of Uh, and all the rest of that stuff. So come back next Wednesday, and uh, we'll do the NFL schedule release. So uh, thanks for coming in, guys. We'll see you next time. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle
1: memory that you have, the smoother your weld is.
0: Learn more at meta.com slash impact. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets, Peppa Pig,